What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to mass mayhem this is episode 21 only nine more to go yes oh god i am of course your host tfgr mike joining me is tune master tim hello hello how are you hey not too bad um (laughs) (laughs) after last episode uh, what's that i was gonna say after last episode i don't know (laughs) yeah you're gonna go see what, or you 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 would have seen what by now? Oh, I'm I'm excited uh, to see Jim Gaffigan. Ah, cool. Yeah, we've cool. seen uh, some of his stand-up, of course, on TV and whatnot. But he's going to be in the area, and my wife uh, saw saw that he was going to be uh, in our area a few months ago. So we bought the tickets, and so we've had them for quite a while. And tonight's the show, so I'm pretty excited to go see that. I would love, there's one thing I'd absolutely love to do. I'd love to have enough money to fly my both my mom and I to Vegas to go see Jeff Dunham this November because he's doing a Vegas residency where uh-huh. you can come to Vegas and, and see him in Vegas and see the whole show at Vegas. So I was like, oh, that would be so friggin' cool. Yeah, that would be very cool. <sighs> yeah, he's yeah. also another great act. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, as far as Mask is going... As far as this is going, I, I think uh, you know Tim has kind of found his found his own way here in, in the show, and and it's just one of those things where I'm surprised with what we agree with and what we disagree with. <laughs> some things are the same, some things are different, and this episode might be the one where I start yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's one episode that we're going to review today that is just so infuriating that no amount of good animation could save its rating. Ooh, okay. Honestly. 
Well, what a tease, because uh, <laughs> I know there are two episodes here that I did not rank very favorably, and I have one that I ranked just above average. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see which ones we agree with and which ones we disagree with. Yeah. And that one in particular. So <laughs> let's, let's take note of that. Yep. Let's get it going. We're going to get to the first episode after this. Mount Kinabalu is acting up again. Mount Kinabalu? Over there, across the valley. It's the tallest mountain in Borneo. Its peak is always covered by those greenish clouds. The natives say the clouds hide Kinabalu's secrets. What kind of secrets? Perhaps you should tell them, Ata. Oh, it's angry mountain. Many people climb to find its secrets, but no come back. Thunder is roar of dragons, and the lightning is dragon fire. See, it is green. When it grows dark, the dragon fire fills the sky. Oh boy, wouldn't you love to meet a real fire-breathing dragon? Are you crazy? Oh, with my luck, I'd end up Kentucky Fried T-Bob. First up today is Dragonfire. Venom goes to Borneo to seek the Lost Temple. What they find, they when they find it, they unleash the temple's lizard guardians against Mask. Mm-hmm. Where is Lizard Man when you really need him? Can we have some sort of Masters of the Universe Mask crossover, please? <laughs> it would make things more interesting. Ain't that the truth. And really, oh that God. synopsis you just read for this episode, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, two weeks ago when we did episode 20, I will say that I had mentioned there that I brought up the fact of what the hell is the point of Venom? What the hell is Miles' endgame? Because they attempt to steal money to get money to take over the world or to do whatever, yet Mask always stops them, blah, 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 blah. This is that episode I was mentioning a couple of weeks ago that, what the fuck does Venom really want to do? Seriously, mm-hmm. the entire series, they say a few times that they want to take over the world, yet half of their schemes are about money in the end. I know money talks, but yikes, worst villains ever. Like, I'm not talking about Rax and Vanessa specifically. Rax and Vanessa, I like them. I like their characters, but the overall concept yeah. of having Venom, like, it would have been better if Venom was the low... If Venom was the Gomer Pyle unit of G.I. Joe, of, 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 of Cobra, it really would have been better if they tied this into G.I. Joe, honestly. Because um, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, it doesn't. There's not much else uh, to say. Who, uh, who do we have on the team, this, the teams this time around? Because I know there's a bunch of new team people. Yeah, we, we get uh, Julio back, um, mm-hmm. and he's with Matt in the beginning, and then we bring in Brad a little bit later. Um, and, you know, they had kind of gotten away from using the computer to call up the mask members for a while. So uh, I know in the last few episodes we, we have had that back, and so that was good to see. Um, mm-hmm. Because we get to see what they're doing in their daily lives, but that's really the only backstory we get for the mask right. members. So you know, I guess we'll just have to take what we can get. Um, but Brad knocks over his stereo; he's just jamming out, and then he has to get up because he's cold, and, and he knocks his stereo over because he forgets to take the headphones off. Um, and then Gloria, we know she's a martial arts expert, so she basically just walks away from the guy that's fighting, and he falls flat yeah. on his face. Yep. So we get some we get some moments like that that are kind of nice, and then we get uh, Floyd Malloy. He's back again, 
Or actually, this is his first appearance, I think. Uh, he has the buckshot mask. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have Bruno and Rax on the Venom team as well. Actually, this is not. Uh, this isn't Floyd's first appearance. No, if I recall. no, he's he's returning I, again. I think this is his first time using his mask. I think is what it is because I haven't seen him use buckshot yet to this point. No, I um, believe that he did use it um, in one of the past episodes. I talked about it, and I was a bit disappointed that that was all that his mask did because he shot out the buckshot, and then oh, Matt or somebody tripped on it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we all don't right. get any, you know, any first appearances here, but we do get some of the newer members. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the plot overall, the. There's nothing to say about it. There's nothing interesting about it whatsoever. Uh, so we're going to get to the high beams, if there are any, after this. Wow! An orangutan! <laughs> kind of cute, huh? Cute? Well, uh, I'll say one thing. It's got a beautiful head of hair all over its body. So you met Simbala. Is this your pet, Dr. Munda? No. Some natives brought her here to me. She was injured while trying to defend her child against a tiger. That's too bad. Is the kid okay? Don't know. We can't find it. It escaped during the attack. Poor Simbala is heartbroken. Simbala, I'll cheer you up. Oh, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Four high beams. I have three, and that's it. <laughs> and it's pretty much all about what we just talked about. I do love the varying new team members. That's pretty, uh, pretty dang awesome. Uh, it's nice to see Brad again. It's been a while since we've seen him. Yeah, well, uh, it's good to see that they're reusing some of these new members. That mm-hmm. they're just not in for a one-off episode, and then they're gone, never to be seen again. Right, right. Uh, and then my final note was, hey, why is Poison Ivy in a mask episode? Because <laughs> the the plants were poison. So mm-hmm. uh, first thing, first person I thought yeah. of was Poison Ivy from the Bat Villains. Um, what do you have for high beams for this one? The uh, fog effect was pretty cool. Uh, I like mm-hmm. that in this episode. They used it in quite a few scenes. Um, and then Julio and Matt, they wander into the fog. Julio wanders out there first. Um, and then all of a sudden, Matt is looking around. You know, where did he go? What happened? So then Matt walks out there. Um, and he sees all these bones laying around. And then, you know, he uncovers the the spores or whatever from the mushrooms or what, what fungi or whatever's out there. Um, and then he falls, and then Scott has to wander out and and help help them out. Um, so I, again, I thought that was kind of cool. It made for an interesting scene, uh, created some drama in this episode. And then we also get to see the mass transporter. Mm-hmm. It's always cool to see that. Scott called it a hovercraft. It's not really a hovercraft. It's a friggin' though. plane. The kid doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was cool that we got to see the newer members again, and we get to spend quite a bit more time with Floyd from the Venom team, and, yeah, and they actually cool. fleshed his character out a little bit more. I mean, as much as they would in this cartoon anyway. So. Absolutely. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
Um, I think that's it. We need to get to low beams. Because, oh, wow, are there a lot of low beams in this one. It was horrible. Batman try make me tell him where on Mount Kilabaloo to find the Temple of Dragons. The Temple of Dragons? What's that? It's sacred place of my people, built many years ago by our gods. When Mino tell Batman how to find it, they destroy our meeting place with Boom Boom. Can you describe what they looked like, these bad men? No, cannot see their faces. We're strange masks. What? If it was Venom, they sure meant business. For the low beams. T-Bob acting like a monkey ain't gonna cheer anyone up. No, it's not. And then this monkey, Simbala, thinks mm-hmm. that T-Bob is its baby. Yeah. And then T-Bob, of course, it, it's T-Bob, so he's going to throw in a pun. So he says, bananas don't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. What is it with all these puns? And, and T-Bob and, probably gets the most. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, and then he says, she's trying to make a monkey out of me. And then we, that's the cliffhanger. We get absolutely no scene transition right there. After that, we get a blank screen and then it comes immediately. We get, we don't get Matt or we don't get Miles or we don't get Rack saying, uh, Mask will be back. Uh, you know, we don't get that right there at all. It's just a blank, it's a blank, hard transition back into the cartoon. There's no scene there whatsoever. Um, too many monkey puns, way too many. So, the guy that Matt leaves Scott with, whatever his name was, I don't remember what the fuck his name was, is supposed to be watching Scott and T-Bob. Where the hell is he? Because now Scott is chasing after T-Bob and the monkey in the goddamn jungle with the mists moving in, and Scott's trying to be like Tarzan swinging on vines. It reminds me of that old, um, was it, was it, it wasn't Jungle Jim, it was, it was one of the old Atari games where you would, you start on the left-hand side of the screen, you have the little cave dude or whoever the hell it is, Tarzan-like character, yeah, was grab it? a vine, swing over, grab a vine, swing it. Was it Pitfall? No, it wasn't okay. Pitfall. It was, um, it was something jungle, I don't remember. Um, we would have to ask TV's Mr. Neil. I'm sure he would know. Yeah, I'm sure he would know. Um, another episode that took them at least 13 minutes to even show Venom. And then the ending. Oh, man. The ending. The, the ending. They Gloria fires her weapon, creates an oil slick, and then they drive right through the fucking oil slick. How are they supposed to do she drives? She literally drives right over the oil without slipping or sliding or whatever else. Well, she has special um, tires. I don't think they explained <laughs> that. Um, and then the very end, T-Bob, T-Bitch, whatever, says, um, oh, well, you know, being human, just like you always try to make me be human, he will never, I will never, ever consider T-Bob to have any human characteristics. It is a goddamn robot that either Scott or Matt or one of the masked people built for Scott. Yeah. Um, He's not a goddamn human, people. He's a fucking robot. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, the PSA was, you know, don't stand, you know, don't stand under trees while in a lightning storm. Well, duh. Yeah, those were some of my low beams as well. And I knew that you would pick <laughs> up on that T-Bob line because he's like, almost human like me. It's like, yeah, that's part of the problem. Um. Symbolist cage wasn't even secured. I mean, really, they have this giant ape, and they just place a cage on top of it, just sitting there on the ground. It's not anchored down. It's not in the ground. It isn't enclosed on the bottom. It's just sitting on top of the ground. Mm-hmm. It, it's just dumb. Um, very. It, of course, of course, it tips over very easily, and then it carries T-Bob away. Um, and then we don't see that... Uh, ape until the very end of the episode and then as you said the wrap-up here is just ridiculous and corny um it's wrapped up very quickly for one thing um venom just quickly jets off they don't even put up a fight in this episode nope not at all they see mass coming in and well actually they see these dragons these giant dragons um yeah which they're, they're huge um and Mask helps drive them away, drive them back into the hole out of which they came. And Venom just jets off. Yep. So I, I thought there was going to be several more minutes left in the episode where Mask and Venom would fight it out. And that was just it. That They just ended it there. I mean, there was a little bit after that. But as far as Venom and, and their plot, that was as far as it got. And then... Yeah. Um, the other thing, did did you happen to notice in this one too that uh, they had mask and bold letters on some of the vehicles in strange places? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I well, I hadn't seen them do that before. I know that it's on when when Rhino, which Rhino very rarely does this, when Rhino goes into battle mode and the whole back end of the of the cab opens up and the missiles come out and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I know that it's emblazoned on the back of that once that opens up, but that hardly ever open. They hardly ever use Rhino in battle mode. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is just weird. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily take points off for it. I, I don't count it really necessarily as a low beam. I just wanted to mention it because yeah. on the side of Condor, they had mass just in black, letters and then also mm-hmm. uh, during the transformation scene with thunderhawk when the bumper pops up to reveal the the jets back there the boosters it's oh that's been there from from day one has that, it had it well okay it the helmet the the logo that they use for mask the helmet has always been there i don't know if there was any i didn't i don't know if there's any writing on it this time but right the, I, I, look, this time it was just big bold black letters that said mask and hmm. I was like, it just, I, I saw that and thought that wasn't there before. There was something else there. So 
it was just an oddity in the animation. That's all, and and it just mm-hmm. it caught my attention because as, if I'd just seen it on the Thunderhawk, I probably wouldn't have thought too much of it. But when I saw mm-hmm. it on some of the other vehicles, I thought it was just odd that they had that in the animation in this episode. Yeah. Uh, as far as ratings, the only reason why this does not get to zero is that I like the new team. I like seeing the new team members, and I like seeing Brad back again. So I'm going to give it one out of five masks. What about you? Yeah, same here. One mask. <laughs> we are going to move on to the next episode. Hi, Mr. Rockman. Hey, what are you doing back so soon? Wasn't the celebration any fun? It was fun for a while, but someone stole the main attraction. Kamehameha's cape and helmet. You should have seen it, Dad. Kamehameha's statue flew into the clouds like a bird. Well, then it dive-bombed like a plucked chicken. How awful. The feathered cape and helmet are an important piece of Hawaiian history. They're priceless. They should be. There aren't many oo and ee birds left anymore. It's truly a shame. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got some personal business to attend to. Before we get into the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to remind you, we try to enjoy these shows. We do try. But there's at this point, we're over 50 episodes into this series, and there's just so many things wrong with this cartoon. This, you know, our opinions, both myself, Tim, and also Optimus Solo, should not affect your love of the toy line. The toy line is amazing. The toy line will never... I would never, ever bash that at all. But the cartoon itself, the cartoon the toy line is based on, is just bad. So we get into episode 52, the Royal Cape Caper. Well, that's funny because somewhere where I... I don't know where I found this because it says on on, on my script and on my schedule, it says the Royal Carpet Caper. But on the... Mm -hmm. On the wiki, it says Royal Cape Caper, so whatever. It's a cape. It doesn't matter. Uh, Venom steals some old dude's cape and helmet, and then mass uh, mass produces replicas to selling them as expensive uh, fakes. So this is basically an art history lesson, I guess. Well, um, there are some educational moments in here. There's one... Um... Where pineapple, or uh, they talk about the pineapples, and Scott is surprised that they're well, actually no, it was T Bob that was surprised they weren't growing on trees. No, Scott was too. Um, yeah, but T Bob is the one that makes the joke. He, he, yeah. he thought because they're pineapples, they would grow on pine trees. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, and that was getting me confused. But yeah, um, <laughs> so I thought that was a good educational moment because you know kids probably think that growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sure I did. I mean, you would just think, oh, pineapples grow on pine trees. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, there was some really bad voice acting in this one, <laughs> right off the bat too. It was really noticeable. Yeah. As the show gets on, ladies and gentlemen, the episodes get worse and worse. I'm sorry, they do. Um. My biggest problem with the plot, and I know they've done this before, like, they did this before with some other caper, I, I forget where it was, I, I think it was when, when Kevin and I were doing the episodes, I honestly don't remember, it might have been you and I, I, I think I think it was back when Kevin was still on the show, um, they started out with Venom and this guy who knew Matt 
but also knows Venom. And this wasn't the episode last week with that Michael guy at all. Well, what wasn't that? It was it was way it was some South American journey or something or other. Uh-huh. And we see that the guy that Ven- we see the guy that hired Venom. We see him eventually get away or try to get away, but Mask finds out that he was the villain all along because Venom had already gotten away. So that's what this kind of is here a little bit. But my complaint about the plot here is they reveal who the you know who the culprit is way too soon. I mean, the the guy that's working with Matt, like I didn't even have an I had bad vibes off of Michael two weeks ago. The the other Irish guy. Yeah. As soon as I saw him, I knew that there was something wrong with that guy. This guy here, uh, whatever his name is, the guy that's helping Matt with the with, with the pineapple stuff. Yeah. Had no idea he was going to be a villain until Venom revealed it, and it, I just felt the reveal was just way too early in the episode. I did too. It seemed very awkward. He's he's an older gentleman. He's you know mm-hmm. got gray hair and he's Bryce running... Braxton or Bricks Brixen or something or other. Yeah, and he's working with Matt. He owns the Pineapple Factory, from what we can tell. So yeah. it seems like they have a good relationship. Everything's going fine. And then, you know, later we find out that he's behind the 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 robbery of this cape and crown, these ancient relics, and he just wanted to have them because they're priceless artifacts. That's what it reminds me of the um, the horse episode. Okay, yeah, that that's one that we that's, did. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's it, it it's that kind of episode. Um yeah, it just I'm trying to look here and see if there's a character anyway. Um it's just one of those things where this plot is just bad and this is the episode. This is the one where I'm probably going to be yelling in a moment. But uh, let's get to the high beams if there are any. One cape, one helmet, just like Rockman ordered. I can't believe this guy's dumb enough to pay three million for a bunch of boy feathers just because some dupe wore him. Kamehameha was a king, you bird brain. Duke King, what's the difference? The money's still the same. Ah, shut up. We've got a delivery to make. I'm gonna turn that bag of feathers into a bird of paradise for us. And I want no slip-ups. Got it? All right, four high beams. I have exactly one. All right, what have you got? (laughs) Venom swindled the guy. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) I did too. I like that because that's just so Venom. You know, it's what Miles is going to do. And he's not only just swindling this guy, he's going to swindle the next guy. He's going to swindle everybody. And then he's yep. going, and he said he's going to sell it to some uh, somebody in Europe, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was planning on swindling $3 million out of, you know, a couple people before he actually sold this thing. Um, so I have, I do have a few high beams here. First of all, I think this was a really good-looking episode, animation-wise. It was really solid. Um, I think everything just looked really fluid. Uh, everything was on model, looked real nice. Uh, but besides that, there was some excellent animation. Um, Vanessa's car and Floyd's bike looked really good here. I had mentioned in a previous episode, I think the first time we actually saw Floyd, that I didn't care much for the bike, uh, mm-hmm. which is Vampire. 
Um, but it actually is pretty cool, and I looked up the toy, and it's actually a very cool-looking toy because I had said that seeing that episode, I would not want the toy, but it actually is very cool. Um, and then there's some animation of Scott and T-Bob falling into Manta's hatchback that I thought was done very well. They fall off the conveyor belt that Matt uh, is stuck on because he gets knocked out. And looks yep. like he's going to go off the end into the, the chipper, the shredder, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really done well. It was to scale and everything. I thought it was very nice. Um, and it was also similar to an episode we had oh, quite a while back um, when they were on a farm. And Matt also fell on a conveyor belt there. Mm-hmm. So um, good shooting, Floyd. I think his mask yeah. comes into play very well here in this episode. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, the whole battle inside the pineapple factory I thought was excellent. I just thought that was it was really, really cool. Um, good use of mask powers. Uh, you know, animation was very fluid as the vehicles were moving throughout the factory. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, T-Bob and Scott were used pretty effectively in this one as well. We talked earlier um, in one of the episodes about how Scott has this technical knowledge, uh, is mechanically mm-hmm. inclined, and he's able to disable some of the Venom vehicles so they don't get away mm-hmm. before Matt and the other mask members can get there. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that that, that is very, very good. Um, yeah, while I agree with your high beams, there's nothing you can say that can convince me because there's one low beam that pretty much eliminates all masks for this episode at this point. So we're going to get to that in a moment. Two sand crabs and a clam. Oh, we'd have better luck in Africa. What do you mean, T-Bob? Well, isn't that where Cape Town is? Why, you... <laughs> all right, folks. For the low beams, first of all, I've said it before, I'll say it again. T-Bob should not be in the fucking water. He is a mechanical thing. He should be electrocuting Scott and shorting himself out. Everybody, Okay, I, I know this movie wasn't around then, but everybody knows. If you get in a bathtub and somebody drops a hairdryer in a bathtub, you're gonna fry. <laughs> T-Bob should have been fried as soon as he stepped into that water. Scott should have been fried as soon as he touched T-Bob. Maybe I'm just wishful thinking here, and it's really sickening if you really think about it. But seriously, though, the damn robot should not be in the water. And this is the one. This is the one I mentioned two weeks ago, but right here. Are you fucking kidding me? Scott and T-Bob are in the back of Thunderhawk, and neither have a seatbelt on, and they are facing out the back window. It actively shows Scott almost in the edge of the driver's side, Talk about unsafe driving. Matt Tracker is the worst cartoon father ever. Oh, wow. I will, have, I will have images in the post so you guys can see this as you're listening to me rant about With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. About this. It, first of all, Thunderhawk is a hatchback. or It's supposed to be some sort of hatchback kind of car. So yeah, it's supposed to be a Camaro. The seat back there, there's not a lot of room. No. And I can actually see, you know, part of the arm of sky, especially because of uh, Thunderhawk, the way it flies, the fact that it's gullwing doors. Scott looks, I, I see part of his arm in the image. It looks like it's going, he looks like if Manta came up beside him and hit him, he would fall right out of the friggin' driver's side door. That's the one thing, the only thing that makes this entire... I'm going to go ahead and give my rating away now. It gives this entire episode a fucking zero right there. Oh, wow. Because they do not pay attention to the fact that these ki- that this kid is not wearing a seatbelt. Okay, fine, sure. The robot doesn't have to wear a seatbelt. It's a fucking robot. But children, especially if you're a cartoon in the 80s and you have PSAs... <sighs> Yeah, that is one thing this this cartoon should get right. It's it's all these vehicles. We have a kid in the episode. I mean, besides having a kid in the episode, um, you know, we should have vehicle safety throughout the episode. And granted, typically you do see seatbelts on the characters when they're in the vehicles. Um, maybe it was an animation error. I'm not really sure what happened. But Scott should be buckled up when he's inside the vehicles, especially when he's in Thunderhawk, which is flying around with the doors mm-hmm. open. Exactly. Uh, the other ones I have is um, I thought I wrote this as a low beam. It probably could have been a high beam. Um, Malloy got hit by I think it was was it um, was it uh, Gloria? I think. Uh, he he gets hit by one of the other mask vehicles, gets knocked off his his vehicle, and he tries to Looney Tunes it before he falls. He actually tries to run midair. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, how and when, or where is the room to have a parachute in Thunderhawk? I, I like Hondo as a character, but he put on a parachute awfully friggin' fast and jumped out of Thunderhawk. Where did they? If Scott and T Bob were in the back of the car, where the hell is there room for a parachute in Thunderhawk? Oh my god! What about you for low beams? Yeah. Well, the one thing that we talked about uh, already with the guy who was working with uh, with Miles, um, you know, seemingly this harmless harmless character who's introduced in the episode, um, who ends up working with them it was a bit disappointing to see that used again um yeah but overall i i actually enjoyed this one um it started off good it looked good with the animation i thought there were some very good action scenes like i mentioned inside uh oh um inside the pineapple factory i thought that was all done very well mm-hmm. so um you know, I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, there were some some things I certainly nitpick, and I didn't like the fact that Scott was in Thunderhawk without the seatbelt. But 
Um, I, I'm sorry. I don't think that's a nitpick on my part. I really don't because that this is an 80s cartoon. 80s action cartoons could only happen if they had PSAs to appease, you know, the parent-teacher association and and parents and schools and everything else. That shouldn't – I'm not counting that as a nitpick on my part because that's – it's fucking wrong. Yeah, I, just I'm, is. I'm not counting that necessarily yeah. as a nitpick. I think that is a huge oversight on their part. Yeah. Um, but there's some other things I could nitpick that I didn't necessarily write down. But um, I'm going to give this one four. Oh, wow. Just just because I did enjoy it for those moments. You know, we, we did bring back Floyd in this episode. And we brought mm-hmm. back Julio. So, again, it's nice to see that they're using those characters more. And we're not just right. getting the same, you know, regular three or four members of the team. Right. I mean, right. even though we're not getting that character development. So uh, all in all, I, I found it pretty enjoyable. I will say that um, when Floyd has his mask on, he kind of reminds me of um, Firestorm. Because <laughs> he has the fire red hair and his, I don't know, for some odd reason, reminds me of the DC Universe character Firestorm. The PSA in this episode was never stick your hand in a lawnmower or in a, in a running lawnmower. Yeah. Really what they should have done to make up for the mistake they made in this episode is putting uh, – because uh, uh, like, this PSA had nothing to do with the episode. If they wanted to have it have something to do with the episode, how about talking about wearing seatbelts? That would have been a good PSA to have at the end of this one. Gets a zero, hands down. Yeah, one, one other thing that I um, mm-hmm. kind of alluded to here that I, I did like, and one of the reasons I ranked it a little bit higher than I would an average episode, is that we got half the episode with just Hondo and Matt. And then we had a lot of time with Vanessa and Floyd, and they were taking shots at each other. So it, it, I thought that, that you know, it, it like, again, it was different that they they spent more time on, on those characters um, which is kind of what we've been wanting to see, right? We've been wanting them to focus more on on fewer characters during the episodes to give them more time to develop them a little bit more to allow us to get to know them better rather than, you know, okay, let's throw in, you know, four mask guys and, and four Venom guys and just have them go at it. Yeah. So that was one thing I, I liked about this one and one of the reasons I ranked it a little bit higher. If they, if they wouldn't have shown Thunderhawk from the angles that they showed it, I probably wouldn't have a problem, because I could see like, like if if they show Thunderhawk from the front, so say Thunderhawk is coming towards the camera and you can see Matt, and and Hondo and then T Bob and Scott in the back, I could assume that they're wearing lap belts at least. Um, but because they showed it from the angles that they did from the sides and we see that Scott is fully turned around in the, like kneeling on the seat, not even sitting down. Yeah. Um, no flat zero for me, no masks whatsoever. If I could give it a negative score, I would. So we are going to move on to the final episode of the day after this. T-Bot, we've got to stop him. But I don't want a merit badge for courage. Scott, no. Tommy, call security. 
Tommy notified security. They'll handle this for now. Hondo, what's up, big guy? The two musketeers pulling stunts again? Nothing that simple, I'm afraid. Something strange has come up, and Venom's involved. Well, there's nothing strange about Venom being involved in something strange. One of Mayhem's bimbos heisted an old quilt from the Smithsonian just a few minutes ago. That's it? Yep. The museum people say it's practically worthless. It's a puzzle, all right. Will you come? Finally up today is Patchwork Puzzle. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before I do this one, I, I do want to say off-air in between the last episode and this final episode that I, I did show Tim the images that you'll see in the in the post. Yeah, no way in hell they're <laughs> wearing seatbelts in that car. <laughs> so Patchwork Puzzle. Venom steals a Civil War-era quilt that contains a secret message to finding buried drunk. Oh, God. I'm sorry, where was I? A buried treasure at the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. So, yay, a, a stateside episode. That's one good thing for it. Um, sorry I nodded off there, folks. Just these treasure hunt things just bore me to tears. Um... Yeah, this this I, this whole episode was a patchwork. I mean, talking about uh, you know yeah. a patchwork puzzle, but there's just not much to this one either. As you said, it's just this treasure it hunt. Takes, yeah, it takes them maybe 16 minutes out of the 22 because you don't count commercials. But you know, on 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 my on my timer it says 22 minutes for this episode or whatever it is. So. Um, it takes them 16 out of the 22 minutes to find out that there's a Morse code kind of like there's a hidden message in the quilt. Yeah. I mean, hell, it took Nicolas Cage a shorter amount of time in National Treasure 1 to find out that there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and that whole thing didn't really make any sense to me. I, I mean, nope. the whole time we're wondering, why do they want to steal this quilt? Everybody's saying that it's of no significant value at all. Mm -hmm. And then so they're thinking, okay, well, it was just a diversion. Venom is after something else. What are they after? But the quilt still comes into play, and then they have this scene where, you know, the mask members are looking at the quilt. It's hanging up in this room, and even the computer is, like, trying to analyze it. And a couple of times it's kind of odd. The computer says... You know, this is just an example, a poor one at that. Mm -hmm. But this is what it looked like, you know, for the time period. It was really weird that they did, they used that phrase and they did it twice. Yeah. Um, but they hold up this like fireplace cover in front of it and that somehow yes. decodes the message. It, that made no sense at all. I really no. don't know. I mean, did you understand where that was coming from? Nope. Not at all. Uh, nope. So we're going to get to the high beams in a moment. Select 
the mask agents best suited to this mission. Personnel selection complete. Bruce Sato, mechanical engineer and design specialist. Vehicle code name, Rhino. Knowledge of design principles could be critical to this mission. Jacques Lafleur, martial arts master and natural disaster specialist. Vehicle code name, Volcano Band. Added firepower capabilities could prove necessary. Hondo McLean pre-selected. Vehicle code name, Hurricane. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Alright, getting to the high beams. It's been a while, a long while, since we've actually seen the masks lower in the chamber. It's always nice yeah, to see that. it was. Uh, and we saw lots of masks, too. Yep. It wasn't just the members who were sitting at the table, so that was really cool. Mm -hmm. I do like all of their new masks for the team members. I'm not sure if I noticed them too much before, but I do like them. Uh, poor Miles. He can never catch a break. They searched and searched for three million in Confederate money. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth Venom, this. Venom gets swindled again. Uh, what do you got for high beams? Well, we see Jock back again, uh, driving mm -hmm. the volcano van, and then we also see. Okay, we got to talk about this because yeah. the volcano van. I, I just can't see a van being a, like. I, I don't know. Like the only van that I really know of that's really awesome and really screams '80s is BA's van in, in the A Team, right? But. A volcano van that the van sides fall down and something else comes out. I, I don't know how cool that is, and it doesn't seem like that. When I think of van, I think of like m mom minivan type of thing. I know this isn't a minivan, but it's like, can that thing really have a lot of speed under it? I don't know. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, and actually, in the show, they call it volcano van, but the toy apparently is just called volcano. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's a neat design. The toy is a bit lackluster, but in the show, I think it looks nice. Um, and then we also get a couple of the newer Venom members back again, Nash Gory, and also Floyd returns. And um, I like Nash's powerhouse mask, the powers that mm -hmm. give him super strength. That was really cool. He wasn't able yep. to uh, to go through a door, and with, and we turned his powerhouse mask on. He was able to just crush it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the helmet room. That was nice to see. T. Bob's joke that his uncle was a sports car. That was pretty funny. Um, it's better than puns, anyway. True. And then Rax giving Nash Gory a difficult time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that's one of the fun things about the show when they throw these in there. It does make it you know, more tolerable and interesting. Um, you know, he says something to him like, you know, those your brains or is that the tongue, your tongue coming out of your head? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've mentioned the new team members. Um, I, I like the new team vehicles for the most part, except for volcano. That just doesn't seem, I, I just can't see a van, any kind of van being a good, 
like mobile armored strike command vehicle that just like you know rhino it's a it's a semi truck or it's a you know it's a cab of a semi you know thunderhawk is supposed to be a what would you say a camaro a corvette or so, something yeah, like a sports car uh um does uh dusty his is a jeep that turns into a boat uh brad's is a motorcycle that turns into a helicopter uh glorious is a flying car like matt's is uh, you know that's cool but a van i, I just i don't know i and i know i'm nitpicking on it I, it's not going to take away from my overall score or anything but it just doesn't seem like something that they would allocate funds to create a van <laughs> for the you know it's like it's like okay i'm gonna go to bernie Mac's car lot and i'm gonna pick out the Worst car in the lot with the Autobot symbol on it. You know, it's it just... Whatever. Um, Alright, uh, let's get to the low beams, because I kind of already started them. <laughs> so far, everything's going according to plan. Gosh. We're so lucky to be working for someone as smart as you. Hey, Gory, are your brain leaking out of your mouth? Or is that just your tongue? Sticks and stones will break my bones. <laughs> you don't have any bones, you little jellyfish. Uh, mayhem. Speaking of bones, let's not make any bones about it. When do I get my share? Relax, Malloy. None of us have anything yet, and you know it. Now let's move it. All right, for the low beams, I actually only have one. The really bad thing about this episode is, and this is going to be a huge nitpick on my part, but I find it funny. But it is, it is a low beam. The really, really bad thing about this entire episode is the one moment where Hondo is calling Matt from Washington, D.C. He's not on a cell phone. He's not using a landline. He's and, and, and I assume Matt's mansion is in California or somewhere like that that has, you know, these giant McMansions with tennis courts and pools and everything else. Um, this was the 80s, after all. Using a payphone from Washington, D.C. to California or anywhere else outside of Washington, D.C., uh, hell, I don't know. It would probably cost 900 number prices to talk more than a minute. Like, hunt, like I actually looked. I'll probably screen cap it and go back and screen cap it and put it in the episode. The phone Hondo is on. It's in a bank with a bunch of other phones, and I can actually see a coin slot on the thing. So it's a payphone. Yeah. Why the hell is he calling Matt from a payphone? I know Matt Tracker has all the, you know, has all kinds of... Why didn't Hondo get in his vehicle, use the computer to connect with Matt? You know, they, they always use the computer to connect to other things, and it's like, really, seriously? You got to use a fucking payphone, dude? You're that cheap? Yeah, they have all uh, sorts of gadgets, yet they don't seem to have two-way communications <laughs> between no, each other with, with their wrist communicators, you know? Yeah. I, I know when they get called by Matt, it just flashes, flashes the yeah. on the on the wrist, but... You would think there would be some means to communicate back and forth, knowing that Matt yeah. is this mechanical genius, supposedly. You know, that they can build these incredible vehicles that transform into other things, have multi-purposes. Exactly. 
So why not? In, yeah. In, instead of allocating money for a new van, they should allocate it to the communications. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have for low beams? Uh, well, three three million dollars seems to be the magic number again. Mm-hmm. It's either like three million dollars or ten million dollars is what Venom is after. So I wonder what they what they need. That's three million dollars this week. Yeah, I honestly don't know. And then it's buried near the Washington Monument. Yeah, um, and of course that's where the Boy Scouts are. So it's it's buried under a big W, a big W, <laughs> instead of an X. Oh God! So um, I don't understand this scene either. There's there's a scene where Bruce whistles at Hondo in shorts. And then mm-hmm. one of the guys standing there says, I wish I could wear short pants. And then basically like out of no place, Bruce whistles. I mean, were they just cutting up at each other or what was going on in that scene? It just I, seemed very, very awkward. I honestly don't know. Um, and then, and then uh, Matt says he's never known Venom to make a clean getaway. What? They do it every single week or every yep. single day in this case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I will say there was one other uh, thing I did like about this episode I didn't mention earlier in the high beams. And that was uh, we do something a little bit different here by starting off with Hondo and Scott mm-hmm. instead of Scott and Matt and T-Bob somewhere. Uh, I mean, I will say that since Matt is not around, that at least Scott and at least Scott and T Bob have adult supervision with Hondo, so I will say that's that is a plus. Yeah, and I would say with Hondo, they're in good hands. He seems like the responsible type. Yeah, he's a scout leader for crying out loud. They just threw all that crap in there just to <laughs> have. Honestly, come on now. When in the last. What are we up to now? We're up to Patchwork Puzzle. Patchwork Puzzle is the 53rd episode out of 75. In the past 52 episodes, when the hell has it ever been mentioned that Scott is in the fucking Cub Scouts? It, it It's never mentioned. Yeah. At all. It would have been nice That's if in a previous episode they had had something in there, like, you know, maybe he had to start a fire... Or, you know, do something, and, and he could have tied mm-hmm. that back to, oh, I learned this in the Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts or whatever the case was. Exactly. Um, all right, so the PSA was proper knife usage. Okay. I said the same thing. Like, where did this come from? Uh, it's It's a good message, I suppose, but I don't know. Well... Maybe it ties in with the Boy Scouts. Yeah, that's probably what it would tie into, but still. Yeah. Uh, see, a lot of this stuff, even to you know, e- even to me as a kid, uh, this episode was uh, Patchwork Puzzle aired December eleventh, nineteen eighty five. By the time I was five, I knew not to touch sharp objects unless you know my mom was there or something like that. Um, okay, sure, I was only five years old, and in this series, Scott is supposed to be nine, ten, or eleven. Uh, and, and, and even by that age, by, by age eight, 
between eight and eleven, you know, I knew, you know, how to use this stuff. I knew not to go running with scissors. Yeah. You know, I, I knew all this stuff, and it's like, really seriously, that's the PSA. It's uh, a little weak. Uh, for me on the rating, I'll give it a 2 out of 5. It's not average. It's not horrible, but it's still bad because the overall plot is just lame. Yeah, it's bad. Um, there were some good character interactions, but nothing very interesting. And no. the mystery in this one was just lazy writing, in my opinion. Um, it, it got wrapped up very quickly, it seemed, as well. Um, yep. You know, when they find the money and it's worthless because it's Federate money, and they basically just toss the money and run. Yeah. So I'm giving this one one, one mask. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Mass Mayhem. We are going to come back after this with some sort of final discussion, and then we'll close the show out. We'll be back in a moment. Hello, geeks. Want a podcast that covers a vast array of topics with no rhyme or reason? Then check out Altered Geek Unlimited, where the topics fly more or less off the cuff. We cover media news, TV, our favorite geek products, and of course, your feedback. So get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. I'm Colin Baker. My name's Fraser Hines. Hi, I'm Daphne Ashbrook. This is Andrew Cartmell. Hi, this is Colin Spall. Hello, I'm Simon Fisher-Becker. This is Ian McNeese. Hi, this is Travis Ritchie. You listen to this fuck. Listen to Mark Who 42's Universe. If you're into Doctor Who, listen to Mark Who 42's Universe. We always have the latest Doctor Who news, reviews, and interviews. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Cast Radio Network and our home base, Marku42.net. Marku42, the meaning of life. Hey, GeekCast listeners, do you ever listen to Punisher Body Count and think to yourself, this show would be awesome if it had less toilet humor and was not about the Punisher? If so, join me, Emily Williams, as I class up the Punisher guys on Dane and Jake at Classy. We're like the Oprah Book Club of comics. You'll hear us discuss famous works like The Dark Knight Returns and The Grove, along with graphic novels no one else is talking about, like Blue Monday and Blankets. You can find us at danajakeatclassy.wordpress.com or on iTunes. We are back here on Mass Mayhem, episode 21. Any kind of final thoughts you want to impart to listeners? (laughs) Well, I I just want to say that I'm really not trying to pick these episodes apart. Um, you know, for people who do watch the episodes and they like them and they enjoy them, uh, you know, more so than we do, please, you know, watch the episodes and enjoy them. That is perfectly okay. Um, you know, we're looking at them from a different perspective. And honestly, when I sit down and watch the episodes, even before I join the show to help you out with a podcast, Mike, um, I would just sit down and try to enjoy them for what they were. I just wanted to have a good time. I'm not expecting, you know, great plot development in the episodes. I'm just wanting to have fun, have some good action in the cartoon. Um, Similar to something like G.I. Joe or, you know, uh, other action cartoons of of that era. And it's just that oftentimes the voice acting is so flat and we see these same plots over and over. So it just becomes frustrating as a viewer and, and, you know, trying to come up with interesting things to say on the podcast, 
um, it's difficult. I really want to like these episodes a lot more than I am. And there are some episodes uh, that that I find fairly passable. You know, the one episode this week, uh, our, our middle episode, um, the Royal Cape Caper, you know, I thought that was decent. Yeah, you know, it had its problems. There were there were some, um, some some issues there, but overall, I sat back and en- and enjoyed watching it. Um, but again, it's just it's it's hard to like a show when it just becomes so repetitive. Yeah, and hopefully, we're and that... making things interesting as as we're discussing it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. We're doing <laughs> I'm trying our best. To... Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you for joining us here on Mass Man. There's always in contact with us at Leaf Feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. Check out all the new and cool features we've got on over there. You can comment on this episode and all the other episode posts for all the other podcasts. Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. The subject line, Mass Mayhem, episode 21 in the title. Uh, leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio is the network Twitter minus TFG and Mike. What is your Twitter? Toonmaster Tim. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mask Man and wish you'll join us next time. We'll be reviewing three more episodes from Mask Season 1. Those being Fog on Boulder Hill. That sounds like it could be a good one. Yeah. Plunder of Glowworm Grotto and Stone Trees. Hey, why is Megatron trying to turn trees to stone? Um, for now, I am TFG and Mike with Tune Master Tim. Thank you for listening, and remember, podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 